Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. Like, I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, uh, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, June 13th. Uh, we will be talking to you guys more about our positional ranking series as we continue that, uh, wrapping up the NFC wide receivers 8 through 1. Before we jump into that, though, we'd like to let you guys know we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN. Gentlemen, it is Monday. How was your weekend? You know, I have spent the weekend dodging my wife in COVID, trying not to get sick. Um, my son had a baseball game on Saturday. Made a beautiful play from the catcher's spot. Dude was leading off the third base on a pass ball, and he ended up making a break for it. My son made a break for him. Now, I'm just going to put it out there. My kid ain't real fast. So he's not he's not as fast as he thinks he is. Um, but he took out – he made a break for the kid, and the kid panicked a little bit, then started beautiful throw to the third baseman. Kid spun around. Pitcher covering home, but got him in the pickle, made a beautiful play. It was very exciting. He broke his slump. He got a nice hit. He stole four bases. Um, that's mostly because the catchers in this, at this age aren't, aren't terrific, uh, not because he's a blazer on the base pass. But he, he broke out. We, we've redone his swing because he does I, – I just didn't feel like he was seeing the ball. And so I'm like, dude, we got to open up your stance so your hips open up. You get your head around, and 
if I start his foot where he's been ending it, which is like almost out of the batter's box, I'm like, look, you got to start there and step towards the plate. It's coming together. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. That, and it's like living in an aquarium here. I feel like SpongeBob. It's 88 degrees with 70% humidity. It's like I stand in my garage and look out the look out the garage door. It's like being in an aquarium. So it's, the air is so wet. Yeah, we we got a hit with a heat wave uh, here too. It was starting to get warm on Friday, but Saturday, Sunday, and today have been blistering by Colorado standards, which is like mid to upper 90s. Um, we don't usually get quite that warm and. It's been a great time for me to have to put like hot patches all over my back. Um, and then I tell you, I've never had a, a muscle relaxer. That is a heck of a thing. You just, you know, you're going along good and then you just pass out for hours. And uh, speaking of which, I took one right before hopping on here. So if I just like pass out in the middle, you know why. Muscle relaxers are awesome. So I've read. They really yeah. Are. I mean, it's helping. Like, I actually can feel my arm again. If I would stop lifting things, it'd probably be great. But my hair is really pissing me off. It's <laughs> really getting on my fucking. Oh, I just cussed. Really getting on my nerves. <laughs> I need a haircut. Woo! All right. Yeah, it's been great. I spent a lot of time watching Stranger Things this weekend. One episode you... left. One episode in left. Uh, season four. Yep. I got twenty uh, minutes left on season, then... uh, episode five. Is that what's up? No, episode six. Sorry. He's at, he's at the church or the town hall talking about what he just saw. So And then you're going to have to endure the like several week wait like the rest of us. Ah, that's all right. That's all right. I wanted to get it done before. And I still haven't had a chance to watch The Boys yet either. So I was kind of like trying to power through this so I can get to The Boys. I'm a big fan of that show as well. That Maxine episode got me, man. Jeez, this makes my forehead look massive, doesn't it? <laughs> I feel like I'm having all kinds of confidence issues today with my appearance on this episode. Vanity does not look good on you, man. I'm really not happy with my appearance today, and it is is showing in massive, massive ways. Ah, But you know, someone who is happy with their appearance is the quarterback for our first wide receiver group today, and that's Jared Goff. Is he? Why? What happened to Jared Goff? I mean, he's just a handsome dude. Oh, he is. His girlfriend's pretty pretty attractive as well. Who's Southern California guy? So, as you probably guessed, we're continuing our uh, our look at uh, NFC wide receivers. We did the nine, 16 through nine slots on uh, Friday, and today we're doing eight to one. And our number eight team in the consensus ranking is the Lions. Our average score was seven point six seven. They're actually tied with another team, which we'll get to in a minute. And that's because uh, Matt had them all the way up at five. I had them at seven. Dennis, what gives? No love for your Lions. You had them at 11. Maybe it's anti-homerism. Maybe it's not including TJ Hawkinson in the mix when I did the rankings. Um, but, I, I, you know, I feel like Amon Ross St. Brown is probably a, a wide receiver too. Um, Jamison Williams going to be start the season on the pup list. Um, then he's going to have to kind of learn the offense, get everything going. Uh, DJ Chark, I, I like Chark, but I have issues with consistency and health with him. He had one good season, and he hasn't been able to put it together. Uh, I'd have probably had him up a couple spots if I included Hawkinson. Um, but for the most part, I, I just don't think there's 
they they have work to do, and I don't know if Dan Campbell and Jared Goff are the uh, that that's better, Matt. That's better. Are the guys? He's driving me insane. I'm there. sorry. Cool. Feel much wait, better about myself. Wait till you get my age, and you're like, uh, my wife will look at me a lot of times. And go, you going out with your hair like that? I'm like. Yeah, I'm already married. What the fuck? I'm just very big about my hair. Now, I'm not even really thrilled about this hat choice. I probably could have picked a different hat, but it is what it is yeah, at this it, point. The, the red hat and the red shirt are clashing. I know. I'm upset about it. I'm going to be let's right see, back. Let's again. see how many, let's see Conti- how many continue, continue, continue talking hat. about the Detroit Lions. I'll be right see back. How, see how many times we can get him to change his hat. Well, so I think for me, I wasn't uh, taking tight ends into the mix either. And I get a little bit of what you're saying. I think. Maybe I just feel a little bit of a higher degree of optimism uh, about the Lions because you're not wrong. Williams probably starts out on pop. We don't know what DJ Chark is. But Amon Ross St. Brown was so great to end last year, and they're rolling into a season with actual wide receivers we've heard of. Like this time last year, we were trying to figure out, so – Quintus Cephas, you know, and they also have Josh Reynolds, who's shown himself to be like a capable contributor. They had a lot of guys that stepped up in big ways um, last year that are still still there and kicking around. And I, I just like the cut of the Detroit team. I actually just redid my season projections and got them up to nine and eight and into the playoffs. uh, You know, when I was looking at the NFC, I. I don't. I've, I don't know if it's just that I've talked myself into it a little bit more. And if I was throwing in Hawkinson, you know, I had him at seven, which wasn't incredibly high, but was decently high. If I was considering Hawkinson, I probably still would have had him right there or, or, or a little bit higher because I think he's great too. But I like the potential. We've also seen that Jared Goff, when you give him decent receivers and a decent team, they've invested in that line and everything. He can be. A pretty decent quarterback. For I'm dying over here, guys. I'm sorry. I'm dying. Look, you got to take this and then you put it. Like, I already right tried. There. It didn't do what I wanted it to do. It's all right. They're not here to hear about my my upset. Right. My my. So ego. You uh, you are by far the highest. Is that you're worried about your hair. I am. I'm very big on my hair, facial hair. It's it's a big thing for me. Um. Yeah, That's I mean DJ Chark. DJ Chark, um, you know, last time we saw him on the field, he was really good before the injury, even though before that. I think we all, or I at least expected him to bounce back a little bit. I think it's fair to say that Jared Goff would be the best quarterback to, that he's had of recent. Um, and I, I do think that him and, and uh, Jamison Williams, unfortunately, play the same role on the field. But we don't know when Jamison Williams is going to be back. When Williams comes back, I expect him to be able to open up this offense a little bit. Amon Ross St. Brown showed us last year that he can, can work in the slot and, and be magnificent. He was really the only guy down the stretch for the Lions, and I think it's fair to say none of us thought the Lions offense was good or going to be good, and yet for fantasy purposes, Amon Ross was a league winner for you. If you had him on your team throughout the playoffs, he absolutely dominated. I expect that moving forward. I think even if you don't put TJ Hawkinson in here, that trio alone down the back half of this season has a chance to be really good and one of the better trios in the NFC in DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, <clears throat> excuse me, and Amon Ross. So just those three alone, I think, makes this team really good. And then if you add in a TJ Hawkinson, who 
has been a little bit disappointing based on what we wanted him to be from a fantasy perspective, but he's finishes like a top five to top eight tight end every single year, right? So he's produced fantasy numbers, just maybe it hasn't been what we wanted it to be. Uh, so I think all that together puts them up there toward the top. Like, I, I don't see many teams ahead of them, at least in my rankings, that I feel comfortable having ahead of them based on the weapons that they have and that what's been proven. Because again, even though DJ Chark hasn't done it for a couple years, he's shown us that he can be a top-end fantasy asset when healthy. Yeah, so the the next team uh, that the Lions ended up tied with is the San Francisco 49ers. They also had a 7.67 average in our cumulative scores. Dennis had him at 6. Matt, you had him at 8. I was the lowest at 9, and I'm just going to – I think Debo Samuel's great. Um, I like Brandon Ayuk's potential, but we've seen at times is that the 49ers don't know how to use him or – is it maybe his lack of effort gets in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse? Um, we haven't always seen great production. But then beyond that, I have a lot of questions. You know, I don't know how to feel about Danny Gray being drafted there. You have Ray Ray McLeod, Marcus Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson, Juwan Jennings. I'm not really sold on any of them. Also not incredibly sold on the 49ers passing game. I wasn't taking into account tight ends. If you were adding Kittle, I'd probably feel a little bit better about San Francisco. But if we're just talking about wide receivers, that's where I had um, placed them. But Matt, how do you feel about the 49ers? Yeah, I think I was obviously closer to you. I had them at uh, at eight. You had them at nine. Like To me, they're a top-end team in having Debo and um... – uh, Brandon Ayuk, I did again factor George Kittle in as we talked about this on last Friday's episode. I did factor in the tight ends, but we also it's been a while since we've seen Kittle have a full healthy season. Um, he's produced, but then when the way Debo came on, I feel like that kind of hurt Kittle a little bit. And it's really just those three. I don't trust anybody outside of them. I mean, I didn't even realize Travis Benjamin was still on a roster at this point in time, and he is with the with the 49ers. Like, I know a lot of people like Danny Gray. was really good at SMU. Um, I think he could fit very well into Kyle Shanahan's offense, but we haven't seen it. I mean, Jordan Matthews is still on the roster. I, I could have swore that dude retired like three years ago. Like, this is not a inspiring group outside of realistically, if you don't count George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And I think it has to get a bump because of what Debo can do, not just from the wide receiver position, but from the running back position. But we also didn't see Brandon Ayuk really have any good games. To, it was like the last three games of the season last year. Can he continue that moving forward? George Kittle, can he pro- produce with the way that they use Debo in the offense? I think there's a lot of questions, which is why I put them down here at eight. Really great top talent, but definitely a lot of questions with the rest of the depth on the roster. Yeah, I – you know, I'm the highest on them, and I didn't calculate uh, um, Kittle in, so I'd have probably had him higher with than six with Kittle. I like Ayuk. I think Ayuk is going to ball out this year. To, for me, I think the biggest question I have, um, and, and I've been working on this article about the number two wide receivers, and and I'm looking into Ayuk. So my biggest question is, what are we going to get from Trey Lance? And while he doesn't have a ton of college starting experience, you know, he's going into his second year. He did not play a ton as a rookie. So he has been, he, he's, he's had now about 15 months to be immersed in the Kyle Shanahan offense and to get reps in the Kyle Shanahan offense. I don't know if that's going to mean 
much this first couple years of his career. Um, but he, he was an accurate passer in college. Uh, he kind of did what you want, somebody who's clearly more physically gifted than other players at their division level. He was dominant. Uh, he was dominant on the ground, and he, he did have a fairly high uh, uh, completion percentage. So I go back and forth, but I, I like Ayuk a lot. And then Juwan Jennings gives them something that Ayuk and – uh, Debo don't, and that's the ability to go up and get the ball. He's a bigger wide receiver. I, I don't know that I want to rely too much on Juwan Jennings, but he definitely fills a specific role for the 49ers in that offense. Um, they could be super explosive and productive this year, or it could be you know a one-man show again. A lot of it's going to come down to how, uh, how well Trey Lance acclimates to the NFL and his decision-making in the Kyle Shanahan offense. Because, you know, if he starts stumbling, Garoppolo's going to be gone. Shanahan has already said as much that he expects him to be traded. Um, so if if Lance stumbles, then you're going to be looking at, you know, 50 rush attempts per game, 60 rush attempts per game with uh, uh, Elijah Mitchell and, and Tyria Davis-Price. Um who else they got there? Jeff Wilson. You're going to be looking at a whole bunch of rush attempts. Trey Sermon. Yeah. You're going to be looking at a whole bunch of rush attempts if uh, uh, Lance struggles in the pass game. Yeah, that's probably part of it for me. I do not believe in Trey Lance at all. So the next team in our countdown is the Seattle Seahawks. They came in with an average of seven. Uh, and we were pretty tightly bunched here. Dennis, you had them at eight. Matt, you had them at seven. I had them at six. I guess I was slightly higher because I like Metcalf and Lockett a lot, although I will grant you that there is not much to get excited about beyond those two guys or much to get excited about potentially at uh, quarterback on the roster right now. But, Matt, how do you feel about the Seahawks? Yeah, I mean – for me, it's really just DK. I think Tyler Lockett's going to take a little bit of a step back this year. Uh, we saw he thrives so well with those Russell Wilson deep balls. I don't really care who gets the job there, whether it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith or, hell, if Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G ends up getting cut, like all the rumors say, and one of them ends up there. None of them are going to be able to get the ball down the field the way he did to Tyler Lockett. So I would not be surprised if we see – this being that first real season, Tyler Lockett takes a big step back. So really, it's just DK for me. I mean, Dwayne Eskridge, they drafted high last year. Rumors all this year is that they have high hopes for him out of the slot. I need to see it first. Uh, really like Noah Fant. I uh, think he could be a big part of this offense, depending on who goes there. But at the same time, Seattle doesn't use their tight end much. Maybe that was more Russell Wilson. I don't think this offense is going to ask much out of an offensive tight end. They want to run the ball. So, it's just DK for me. That's why they came in so low. I mean, I, I, I like Tyler Lockett. He played a small factor, but I think at best you're probably looking at like a wide receiver three season from him. And I almost feel like you're betting too much on DK being a wide receiver one as well with the way that situation is and the way that team is setting up. Like, I think he's a better chance of finishing as a wide receiver two this year. So they just kind of fell in, in my rankings for me. I mean, still top eight, but number seven I felt was a fair ranking for, for those two. I mean, I, I was the lowest on him, and I'm probably going to sound like I'm the highest on him when, when I start talking about him. 
I still believe Tyler Lockett has uh, a lot of skill. Uh, let's see. Do we feel like there's going to be more of a run team with Walker? Than... Hey, Gator. Uh, Pete wants to run the ball. He wanted to run the ball long before Kenneth he Walker got there. He doesn't care who the running back is. Um, but I think Lockett still has a lot of talent. And while he did thrive on the deep balls, DK thrived on the deep ball as well. I, I feel like if Drew Locke gets the starting job, he's got the arm for the deep ball. Um, I don't know that they have the offensive line to allow Drew Locke uh, to exercise the arm for the deep ball. Baker, Jimmy G, I think their arms are comparable. Gino, uh, you know, Gino is a journeyman backup, and uh, I think that's the best role for him. Um, you know, they're, they're going to struggle this year. Now, as we all sit here and say they're going to struggle, they're probably going to go, you know, 12 and seven or whatever that number comes out to 12 and five. Um, um, but I love, I, you know, DK does what he does and he does it really well. Tyler Lockett does what he does and he does it really well. And I, I feel like they're going to, from a top two wide receiver perspective, they're pretty strong, but they have shit for depth. And it'll a lot of it's going to come down to do they decide to use Noah Fan? I feel like they have to. He's the third best receiver on their team. I mean, they that was probably the, the best player that they got in the trade for Russell Wilson. But so as we move up, uh, the next two teams also ended up tied. Uh, one of them we'll get to in a minute. We were pretty lockstep, but the other one, the Minnesota Vikings, they end up with an average of four point three. Matt, you had them at six. I had them at four. Dennis, you had them up at three. What do you like about the Vikings? What's not to like about Justin Jefferson? Holy cow. Come out and had a, a, a rookie year for the ages with 1,400 receiving yards. And then he turned around and hit 1,600 receiving yards in his second season. Um, you know, He's the real deal. I feel like this offense is going to get cranked up a little bit under O'Connell. Adam Thielen has a lot left in the tank still, I think. Um, he's a red zone threat. You know, I could see Jefferson with, you know, 1,700 yards, 1,600 yards again, 10 or 12 touchdowns. Thielen, to me, is coming across like about a 900-yard and a 14-touchdown kind of guy. And then K.J. Osborne is no slouch. And they have Irv Smith. Um, I didn't really factor Irv Smith in, but I feel like the top three receivers in Minnesota – are uh, one, two, and three down the down the line, all very, very good. Yeah, it's just Justin Jefferson for me. Um, I do think Adam Thielen will be fine this year. I, I don't think he's. I don't want to say he doesn't have much left in the tank. I, I don't expect him to be a massive fantasy producer. I think we see him go back to what he's been the past couple of years, where he's been like a a huge touchdown threat not necessarily a guy who's racking up a ton of catches in yards. Uh, he is getting on the older side here. He'll be uh, 32 this year. So, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age a little bit. Justin Jefferson, though, one of, you could argue, the best wide receiver in the NFC. Uh, so I think that gives should give them a massive boost. K.J. Osborne was kind of an interesting point for me that I kind of went back and forth on a little bit. And it ended up being... I just didn't feel quite as good about him as I do some of the other players in here. 
I'm not betting on Irv Smith anymore. I like him, but I just feel like it's taken too long for him to break out. And and I don't know that the the offensive systems that O'Connell's come from they don't ever feature tight ends either. Now I did factor tight ends into my stuff and that kind of so that dropped him a little bit. It really kind of came down to me between Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and what I thought about those two combined for everybody else. Love Justin Jefferson. But I just think Adam Thielen is probably, again, like a wide receiver three, which is why they rank just ahead of the Seahawks for me because I think Justin Jefferson is such a is a much better player than Debo. Um, speaking – or Debo, I'm sorry, DK. Speaking of DK, no. Uh, Gator asked, could DK be used like Debo? There is no shot. They are completely different players. Uh, DK does not have the versatility – to be able to go into the backfield. And I think also his size would not help him in, in that aspect of things. Either. Could he be used by like Cordero Patterson? No. I mean, they're, he's, I don't they're see basically him as a the runner, same though. size. No, the I don't think so. Same, same size, I think, is uh, – you're right on that part. There's just that if you watch DK – like, dude is fast. Don't get me wrong. But watch him run in like the gracefulness of what it takes to avoid tackles and be elusive compared to watching Cordero and Debo, and you will see a massive difference in the three players. So to your point on Thielen, last season he was wide receiver 17 in points per game. And in 2020 he was wide receiver 11 in points per game. So I don't know if I'd be that far out on him just yet. But I, do you think he's going to finish that high this year? Uh, I think he's going to be a wide receiver too. So I don't think I, I think he's he's going to have some wide receiver one weeks because he'll. I, I imagine he's going to have at least one week with three touchdowns. Um, but he's going to put up a lot of touchdowns. I don't know that he's going to have many hundred yard games. Um, but I think he's going to be fairly consistent and. He's a guy I could see, you know, with 40 yards and a touchdown and then, you know, 77 yards the next week. Yeah, and I guess I'm somewhere in between you guys, which fits my score. I really like Jefferson. I'm not maybe as down on Thielen and Osborne as you, Matt, or as high on him as you, Dennis. So that's why he kind of landed in four for me. The team they tied with is the Philadelphia Eagles, also at a 4.33 average. Uh, Matt and I, or Dennis and Matt, both had them at four. I had them at five. Um, I Why guess do you I hate the Eagles wide receivers, Matt. So, and I guess that's I thought the trio in um, Minnesota I like slightly better. I think Justin Jefferson's better than AJ Brown. And um, Adam Thielen's probably more proven than Devonta Smith. And even though I would like Jalen Rager to be something, the three in the Eagles is probably Zach Pascal, which, you know, just going to take me a few tears to get over. I think the Eagles have good wide receivers. I also have more questions about Jalen Hurts' passing volume in that offense than I do about Kirk Cousins supporting it, which, you know, the big Kirk Cousins homer I am. There will be no Quez Watkins slander on this show. Well, what do you love about Quez Watkins? Uh, uh, you know, know. (laughs) (laughs) he's better than Jalen. There won't be any slander. There won't be any discussion. He's better than Jalen Rager and Zach Pascal. Uh, Zach Pascal, I will be a... 
He's never the most exciting player, but he He produces quite a bit for the Colts. I think he actually could secretly produce. So my thing is, I've mentioned this before. I've talked a lot with with Ray Garvin about this. And please, anybody who listens to this, don't freak out too much with what I'm about to say. I'm not making an app-to-app comparison. I'm not comparing apples to apples. just going to use this as a scenario. Josh Allen was a player that nobody wanted a couple years ago before they made the trade for Stephon Diggs, and he helped open up that offense and help Josh Allen as a quarterback. He was the perfect fit for what Josh Allen needed. We talked a lot about that on this podcast. I know that I mentioned I thought he was a perfect fit for him because I believe it may have been it may have only been me. It may have been more than me. I'm not sure, but I actually did not rank Stephon Diggs at one point and had to go back in and re-rank because I did not rank him or Amari Cooper when we did our re uh redraft proud, rankings. Proud moment. Yeah, it was a very proud moment for me. Yes. I think AJ Brown can do that for Jalen Hurts this year. Do I expect Jalen Hurts to be Josh Allen? No, he is not the athlete. He doesn't have the arm. He's not quite the passer. But can AJ Brown help Jalen Hurts 1000%? We have seen it before. Defenses will key in on a guy. AJ Brown can come over there and completely open things up for Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard because last year, Dallas Goddard, because last year all they had was Devonta Smith. And I don't mean any disrespect to Deion Kane, Britton Covey, John Hightower, Greg Ward, Quez Watkins. None of those guys are worthy of even being a wide receiver two on their teams, much less a wide receiver three. And they were all forced up the depth chart because all they had was Devonta Smith. Now they bring in an alpha like A.J. Brown, who I still think will get his. We saw Philadelphia last year was one of the top passing teams in the first half of the season before they had to switch that because teams were taking away Devonta Smith and they had to go to very run heavy. You bring in a guy like A.J. Brown, he's not only going to help Jalen Hurts in the passing game, but I think will help open things up for the rest of that offense because defenses have to respect him. And I think Jalen Hurts is going to be just fine. Is he ever going to be a high-end, like 70% completion percentage, 68? No. But 65, 66 gets it done. And with what he can do with his legs, I think they're going to be just fine as an offense altogether. Adding an A.J. Brown, I think Devonta Smith's going to be just almost had 1,000 yards as a rookie with the being the only player on that offense. I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about this offense. I think Philly is a playoff team. Jalen Hurts is going to get extended this year. Like I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be just fine moving forward. Uh, so I'm I'm all in on them. I agree with what Matt said. Justin Jefferson is by far better than AJ Brown or Devonta Smith. But I think Devonta Smith is heads and above talent wise what Adam Thielen is at this point in time in his career, and that's what put them just ahead for me over the Minnesota Vikings. So the Eagles were last in the league in pass attempts last year with 494. Where do you think they're going? Like, what? How, how many more pass attempts do you expect them to add to it to get to get the volume for those two guys? I think he could easily go over five twenty-five thirty. I'm curious. I'm looking here to see. So it was what three years ago, and then Josh Allen took the took the leap in 2019. 2020 when they they added digs yes that's when he took that big step forward all right let me check something here the nba playoffs means next level basketball get in on the first round action with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba 
This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Again, the NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can also bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! You have a shot at even bigger payouts. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get free up to $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. That is TPPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That is 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and New Hampshire. 888-789-7777 or Visit httpccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, 1-877-770-STOP. That is 1-877-770-7867. In Louisiana, 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK. Text HOPE-NEW-YORK or 46739 in New York. Or visit opgr.org. For Oregon, call or text Tennessee's red line 1-800-889-9789-188-532-3500 for Virginia, 21 and up, 18 and up in Wyoming, physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, and New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. All right. So, yeah, they were eight fewest pass attempts that, that year in 2018, 2019. Um, 533 pass attempts in 2019 before they took the leap. And then the next year. Actually, I think it was 2020 as was Dick's first season. Was yeah. it? Yeah, because I think he's going into year three with them. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, why Dennis is pulling that up just to illustrate 35, 30, 39, 48, 37, 26, 34 were Jalen Hurts passing attempts in the first half of the season. That's a high passing offense. Then the second half of the season, 14, 17, 20, 23, 30, 26, 29, 26, they took the pedal off passing again, in my opinion, 
because they did not have anybody but Devonta Smith. Dallas Goddard was beaten up. They had traded Zach Ertz. They had nobody. You add an A.J. Brown, they will pass the ball this year. So And, and again, next, go ahead. In 2020, they, they threw the ball 596 times. Yeah, which would make sense. I don't expect the Eagles to be that high passing. And I don't know that De- – would I be surprised if A.J. Brown's not a wide receiver one this year? No. But I could, could I see him in like the 15 range? Yes, absolutely. I could also see Devonta Smith finishing as a wide receiver two, though, as well. They're both very good. The one I think takes the biggest hit here is actually Dallas Goddard, which I'm fine with. I don't care. You want to get it to your playmakers, which are A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. I don't think the Eagles are going to pass 590 times. That I don't see happening. But could I see them if they stick on that pace of – I'm going to do some quick math really quick. So if you're looking at an average of 34 and they play, what, 17 games? Am I correct? 16 games? 17. Okay, so if he sticks on an average of 34 passes game, that's 578 passes a year. That's more than enough to support two wide receivers, especially if he sticks in his range of what was he last year. I mean, his, his completion percentage went up a little bit. I don't think it was massive. Um, Where's it at? Oh, advanced passing, of course. Why is this so difficult? 61.3% last year. So if he can even raise that up just a couple spots, because this is what we were talking about too with Josh Allen. There were people, and I'm I'm completely stealing stealing this from Ray Garvin because I had no idea this was going on. Uh, Matt Kelly, the podfather, that year was talking about how Josh Allen was a complete fade, and he wasn't the only one, right? Like the entire community was on that. And then Stephon Diggs gets there. Now Josh Allen's QB1. Am I saying Jalen Hurts is going to be QB1? No. But he was QB5 last year. And I know a lot of that was rushing, but I still think he's going to be fine rushing. You increase some of his passing. I think he can he can bolster two of those top wide receivers. And I just believe in Devonta Smith. I have. He was my wide receiver two coming out. I still believe in him. Again, almost 1,000 yards being the only guy in that offense with the quarterback, quote, unquote, that can't pass the ball. You're telling me he can't get better than that? I would argue that he can't. I think that he very much can. So that's why I'm all in on the Eagles offense. Yeah, I for me it comes down to um, so you got AJ Brown at oh, what is that? Let me get my ADP up here. AJ Brown is coming off as wide receiver ten, and Devonta Smith at wide receiver 37 if i'm if i'm drafting a redraft team in a startup i'm smashing that on devonta smith all all day i think he outperforms wide receiver 37 substantially even on a limited passing team we know that aj brown can do it uh with low volume he's a very efficient uh player I don't, I, I don't know that the volume is going to go up to 550. Mike Clay hasn't projected at 510 attempts this year. So we'll see where we end up. All right. Well, the next team in our countdown is another NFC East team. And coming in uh, third place, an average score of 3.67 is the Dallas Cowboys. Matt and I were in lockstep, having them at number three. Dennis. What did Jerry Jones do to hurt you that you put the Cowboys as number five? I I, I love C.D. Lamb. I, I love C.D. Lamb. He's probably my wide receiver three or four. Um, but there's 
it's kind of after they got rid of Amari Cooper, it's shallow pretty quick. Um, and don't don't give me the Jalen Tolbert stuff. I mean, he's he's got a ways to go. You've got um, uh, James Washington, Noah Brown. Uh, seemed like didn't they sign somebody or they signed James Washington? Um, I thought they signed somebody else here more recently. Uh, Dalton Schultz and, and Gallup is coming back from an injury. I think there's talk he may start on the pup list, which I think they reduced the number of games on the pup list to four if you to start the season. So that's a positive thing. You know, I like Schultz a lot, but Schultz has been up and down and up and down because of injuries. Uh, and so really that was the inconsistency um, and, and the, the lack of proven number two options for the Cowboys is really the biggest thing that concerns me. And I was in on James Washington coming out of college. He just never was able to put it together consistently. And so now it's, you know, year five, and we're supposed to believe that now it's going to happen. He, he could be Brandon Lloyd. Yeah, the Michael Gallup thing definitely hurts a little bit, but I don't think he misses the entire season. I think he'll be fine. He'll come back. He's, we've seen him be absolutely amazing when needed, whether it was Lamb hurt, Amari Cooper, or even before Lamb got there. They were able to use him the right way. I agree. I think Lamb is a one. Michael Gallup is a really good two. James Washington stretches the field for you. I'm not expecting much out of him, but Dak made – is it Cedric Wilson? I was trying to look up. Okay. It's Cedric Dak, Wilson. Dak, made Ced, Dak made Cedric Wilson a fantasy viable wide receiver. I don't mean any disrespect to Mr. Wilson. He's not that great. Can I see a Jalen Tolbert stepping up? Absolutely. TJ Vasher, Ty Freifogel, Simi Fajoko, Dontario Drummond, or Noah Brown, who's had his moments as well for that team. Absolutely. For me, it was the top two guys in CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup that I just 100% buy into. And again, I did factor tight ends to this. Dalton Schultz was a top-tier tight end last year, and I expect that to continue this year. So when you add in a possible top three wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb, a possible at worst top five tight end in Dalton Schultz, and a guy like Michael Gallup who I think can get to wide receiver two territory, as much as I hate the Dallas Cowboys, I just felt it was – I didn't really see where I could lower them much. Like, I wanted to put Philly ahead of them, but when I factor in a lot of the other things in that offense, I wasn't sure Jalen Hurts was going to be able to get that done. You know, maybe I could have put Minnesota or Detroit over them at, in the in the long run, but I just believe that much in C.D. Lamb and what Michael Gallup will be able to do when he gets back on the field. Me having the Cowboys top three was probably the most predictable um, ranking move in the history of time. Um, I also love Schultz. I think he looked last year like the uh, Jason Witten successor they were hoping to get when they drafted him, um, and. I love CeeDee Lamb. I like Gallup. Uh, I like the pieces they have in there. I'm with you that Dak has taken um, whoever they seemingly throw out there and have huge games. Cedric Wilson came out of nowhere, had huge games. Noah Brown had a couple of huge games. I feel like they had somebody else last year, too, that you're like, I don't even know who this guy is. Can you please throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb? Um, but they make the most out of whoever's out there. I think the best thing, too, that happened to Dallas is – neither of their coordinators got head coaching jobs so they were able to keep some coaching continuity and 
I think that's going to help them as they go forward. Well, we're down to our top two teams, and uh, Matt and Dennis, you guys were in lockstep about who should be one and who should be two, and I was the complete opposite of you. So the first uh, team is the second-place team. They came in with an average score of 1.67, and that's because you guys both had them at number two, and I had them as my number one team, and that is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I would say um, what I like you know, I really like um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, which is ironic because I feel like I've always been the lowest on Mike Evans, but apparently not here. Um, I liked their addition of Russell Gage. Uh, I still have not given up on Tyler Johnson. We've seen Scotty Miller be good. They have Rashad Perriman's in there. John Brown is in there. We've seen him succeed in that system. Uh, Tom Brady has made much less receivers than this look incredible. I wasn't factoring in tight end. Tight end is a bit of a mystery for them, although Cameron Brait has been exceptional at times. But I just thought that combination and the depth, they, to me, were the strongest overall team, which is why I put them slightly ahead of the team that's going to go at number one here. But, Matt, what did you think about the Buccaneers? Don't know when Chris Godwin is going to come back. I think he is much better. This is year five of me fading Mike Evans. One of these years it's going to hit. Hasn't quite yet, but I think this is finally the year that Mike Evans is just kind of starting to fall off. Um, I didn't really know how to factor in Russell Gage. He He's an interesting player, and I know a lot of people in the fantasy community are propping him up because he's being paired with Tom Brady. I don't know, like... I think a lot of people are looking at it like, oh, well, look at the way they used Antonio Brown. I mean, Russell Gage and Antonio Brown, people. So, like, maybe let's just, like, pump the brakes on that a little bit. They, having Tom Brady helps, but let's also not pretend like Matt Ryan was has a, been a shitty quarterback his entire career. Like, Matt Ryan may not be Tom Brady, but he is an upper echelon quarterback. And Russell Gage had his moments, but he also wasn't a fantasy all-star that you could plug in your lineup every single week. So, for me, it came down to Godwin and Mike Evans, and it's the fear of – not knowing for sure when Godwin is going to come back, because it wasn't just his ACL, right? It was his MCL as well. That is not as easy to come back from as just your ACL. So if he doesn't start off the season, even if they did release uh, or shorten the pup time like Dennis mentioned, I think there's a chance we may not, we may not see Chris Godwin until midseason, and I'm just fading Mike Evans. I, just, I know he's been a 1,000-yard receiver for what feels like a decade, and I'm probably going to be wrong again, but I feel like this is the year that he starts to take that step back. I, just, I don't think a, there is a wide receiver one on Tampa Bay's team right now. That's just crazy talk, man. This is crazy talk. Mike Evans, Tom, you know, when Tom Brady likes somebody, they get the ball. And and he sees Evans as this um, athletic, more athletic at this stage of his career uh, than Rob Gronkowski. He knows Evans can – you know, Evans gets to play against defensive backs. Gronk has to play against, you know, linebackers that are beating him up. Evans is the bully when he's playing. Uh, I think Evans is going to have a great year. I do have some concerns about Godwin and Gage. Godwin is, when's he going to come back? How's he going to be? But I, are we asking too much of Russell Gage at what, what, this is his, what, fifth or sixth year now to step up and be a wide receiver two for a team? I know he flashed some last year. He had a decent finish to the year. But now if, if he's in this proven role of the wide receiver two for Tampa, he's going to get 
better defenders on him. He's going to have to work a little bit harder. And so I just don't know if we're, we're propping him up for only to be uh, a failure and not meet our expectations. You know, Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller both last year had an opportunity to step up. They'd been with the team for two or three years now, uh, had shown some flashes. And last year when Godwin and Brown were out, they both had opportunities to step up and they face planted. Um, we'll see if Gage can do that. I, I think if Gage does, the thing is, I just don't know that he's that dynamic of a wide receiver um, like a Chris Godwin or an Antonio Brown. I think he's he's a great wide receiver three for your team, um, but I don't know if I, I like him as a wide receiver two. Um, you know, surprisingly, they may be better suited to have Cameron Bright at tight end than Rob Gronkowski. Um, but I didn't have that calculated into the mix either. So that's why I have them at two. We'll see. I mean, I also forgot about my man, Cyril Grayson. Just out there catching bombs on occasion. The number one team for us came in uh, with a cumulative average of 1.33. They were number two for me, but they were number one for each of you guys is the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Dennis, is it just about Cooper Cup for you? Oh, no. Uh, I'm big on Allen Robinson this year. Uh, You know, if you remember two years ago and three years ago and four years ago, we were looking at Cooper Cup and – Browns wide receivers, uh, Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods as both top 10, top 10, top 12 wide receivers. And that was with Jared Goff at quarterback. Um, I think that Cooper Cup can uh, regress 15% and he's still going to probably outscore the wide receiver two by 40 points. Um, I, I think Allen Robinson is in line for 125 targets. He's going to produce uh, with, with, that team. And then Van Jefferson is still uh, still on the team, and he's like a perfect wide receiver three. He's going to be productive. Uh, you know, the, who they got at tight end? Higby. Um, you know, he's serviceable. He's, he's reliable. He's not flashy. He's going to get open. He's probably, you know, a 70 target guy with 50 catches and, and six or eight touchdowns. He's reliable. He's going to be where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there. He's going to have a couple pop-off games. Uh, We know they like Daryl Henderson in the passing game. They brought in Kyron Williams as a pass receiving back. Uh, It's a a team that's set up with the top three wide receivers. It's probably – it may be the best trio in the NFC. You know, it may be – Boy, it's tough if you put them up against the Cincinnati trio. Uh, like, you know, who's who's the number one trio in the NFL? Yeah, it's just hard not to love what they have there. I mean, I've talked about it before. They had they brought in Odell mid season last year, right? Mid season, and he was a fantasy superstar down the stretch for the Los Angeles Rams. Now you get Allen Robinson in there, who's going to be there the entire offseason. We've already seen the the stories about him and Matt Stafford are out eating breakfast with Cooper Cup and everything. 
he's going to be phenomenal. A couple years ago, Dennis mentioned um, the season where they had Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup was targeted the most with 100, and I'm sorry, Robert Woods was with 139 targets, Cooper Cup 134, Brandon Cook 72. Then he also targeted Tyler Higby 89 times and Gerald Everett 60. That offense isn't changing. They just brought in a better quarterback in Matt Stafford last year. I don't think Cam Akers is back at all. I, I know that he came back and had one good game. It's very hard, as Dante Foreman showed us, to be very good for a couple years after an Achilles injury, especially for a running back who you need burst. And to have burst, you need to have your Achilles tendon fully repaired. I expect Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson to both break 1,000 yards receiving this year fairly easily. And then can Van Jefferson do it? He got 89 targets last year. With Robert Woods, who missed, what was it, about half the season, right? He played like eight or nine games before he got hurt. It was and like Van- mid-November. All right, so, and Van Jefferson had to step up after that until Odell came in. Odell still got 48 targets. Tyler Higby still got 85. I don't think Higby is going to be targeted quite as much this year. I think it's going to go mostly to those three wide receivers. And, and Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson alone are one of the better duos in the entire NFC. And then if you add in a guy like Van Jefferson, who again, I don't expect him to have an, a massive season, but if he can put up 800 yards again and multiple touchdowns, he's going to be a very high end wide receiver three and very fantasy relevant. So you've got two guys. So I think, and if I'm being honest, both guys could finish as, as wide receiver ones in Cooper cup and Allen Robinson, and then a high end wide receiver three in Van Jefferson. It is in my opinion, the best trio because no offense to Cincinnati, but I don't know who steps up as that wide receiver three and has a great season. It's going to be T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. And I don't, is Ty, I don't even think Tyler Boyd, Boyd, man. Boyd is there. Yeah, is he? He's okay. Still yeah, he's Boyd still not going to have – he's not going to have the season, in my opinion, that Van Jefferson will because they have Joe Mixon. And we've seen Taylor has, has an affinity for running the ball. They don't just give up on it. Sean McVay, if they don't start running the ball, he'll bail on that. And you'll get like 12 rushes the entire game, and they'll pass the ball 50 times and not give two shits. So I think all three of those guys are in for massive seasons. If you want to group Tyler Higby in there, fine. I, I did, but it wasn't a massive boost for me because I don't think he's going to be better than like tight end 10 or 11 or 12. In, in my opinion, it's all about those three wide receivers. I think they're all in for really good seasons. So Tyler Boyd had 67 catches on 94 targets for 828 yards and five touchdowns last year. Uh, here, let me find out. So, 89 targets for 50 catches, 802 with, where's his touchdowns at? Where's his touchdowns? And six touchdowns for Van Jefferson. And not even being the starter all season long. So, I, I just, I think he's in for a much better year. Yeah, and I, I really like Cup and Robinson. I didn't have a huge difference. I guess I'm not as high on Van Jefferson as you guys, and I still think there's there's still rumblings that they're going to try to sign Odell Beckham Jr., which would probably make me look at the Rams a little bit uh, differently. Um, I think secretly, Matt, you're just a Tutu Atwell fan. I wouldn't be surprised if Tutu Atwell doesn't see the field this year. So no, not not at all. Ben Skoranek, he's your man then. Yeah, absolutely. 
Big Ben. And it isn't uh, isn't Felix's guy Warren Jackson's on? Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised to see he was still on a roster. I'm going to text that to Felix right now. Then hey, he might hey he might get a Super Bowl ring, and then at which point Felix acclaimed that's a win uh, for yeah. him touting Warren Jackson. You know what what Red would say from uh, Shawshank Redemption? Hope is a dangerous thing. Can drive I a thought you were going to say Red from that 70s show. That's where I thought he was going to, so I was really curious. Shut up, dumbass. Really curious as to where he was going to go with that. I guess I was uh, I was letting Felix down a little more gently than you guys. All right, well, any other thoughts on our top eight from the NFC? Nope. Let's see. Tyler Boyd, wide receiver, 29. Van Jefferson, wide receiver, 34 last year. Probably because of the PPR difference of 17 receptions is quite a bit. 67 receptions to 50 because yardage and touchdowns are relatively the same. Again, Tyler Boyd started all season. <laughs> Jefferson did not. We'll see what happens. I think that's going to change this year. Because I they think both, even if they – They both played 16 games. Yeah, but there's a difference when you're starting three wide receiver sets all the time in Tyler Boyd than Van Jefferson, who didn't get out there until really Robert Wood's injury. I think there's a little bit of a difference. We saw him spike when Woods got hurt. And I th- even if they sign Odell, I don't think that affects either. Odell, I don't think, plays this year. There's well, no way he comes back. back in November or so. Hmm. He'll only play five snaps a game, but he will get two touchdowns per game because all they're going to do is heave I'm it to him in the reds. I'm here for it. I love Odell. <laughs> I will always be a fan. Well, that's going to wrap up our take on NFC receivers. We will be back on Friday looking at 16 through 9 of the AFC receiving core, which, since we're all on the same page now, will include tight ends in our factor. And we're factoring in quarterback play as well, right? So we're all on the same page. I need to do mine now. I got. I'll do it while I'm watching some strangers. I might. I might as well say I still have to do mine because I did mine (laughs) under an old assumption. But we will be back. Hopefully on the same page. I'll be curious to see. The AFC seemed a lot harder um, when I was thinking about receivers. I'll be curious to see what you guys think. Very easy number one team in Ohio and not the team you think. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall wide already. And he's hit the end zone! Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!